0: You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Uh, so it's fantastic to be with you and totally want to recommend uh, Andy's Enneagram Day. It's not Andy's Enneagram. I mean, that would be ridiculous. But... Um, I totally recommend you, if you can, be in on that because it is transformational um, learning about that stuff and it's got everything to do with what I'm going to talk about today. So, actually, you've kind of had the talk. So, if you're tired, now's a moment for you to just have a little nap for a a few minutes. Um, The other thing to say is, Joe said you've got 15 minutes. I just need you to know I'm never going to get this done in 15 minutes. So, I'm giving you a little heads up, okay, and even then, you can never say everything that needs to be said. And and one really important thing about talks in churches is people like me stand at the front and spout on, and then everyone goes, oh, that was interesting, and then you come back for another dose next week. Like, it's really important to, to listen to what is said, but then do your own work with it, like do some reading around it, talk to people, chat over coffee about it, whatever, because we really can never say everything that needs to be said. These are just moments in our week, these moments where we can share some thoughts, but it's really important that we keep, like, this isn't the word about everything, this is just some thoughts from life that I've learned, that I'm sharing with you today, so keep digging as we uh, talk about this, And, and Andy's day is another moment to keep exploring this. But hidden in this room is something you are not expecting to see. And I just wondered if you could just have a little look around. See if you can see something that looks completely, utterly out of place. This would be quite funny if people come up with not the right answer. Can I just say, anyone see anything that looks completely out of place. It's much easier for the people on this side of the room, by the way. They're not even like, they're not even looking, Andy. Oh, be brave, someone. There's an apple. Where is it? On the chair, there's a chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. little biblical reference to the hide-and-seek game as well. Brilliant. Um, so there's an apple over there. Um, uh, there are things that are really obvious to us. And then there are things that we miss. There are things that we see and we can kind of think we see everything. And then actually there are things that are hiding in plain sight. And what we're going to explore today is just how that is particularly true when it comes to us. Particularly true when it's come to us. Guys, is it okay to get the PowerPoint up? Is that all right? So, um, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that in, the mo- uh, in a moment. But um, some of you are probably scientists because people in Bath are really clever, aren't they? So, um, a- And there's something incredible about the way that an amethyst is formed, isn't there? Look, basically, you know, it, it's... I think I'm right in saying that, it, that when the rock cools, it, there's, like, space within the rock, and water gets in, and it ha- there's a chemical reaction. The water is uninvited. But it's the very fact that that gets in, that it goes on to create this beautiful jewel. And we're talking today about self-awareness and what on earth that's got to do with God, and what earth that's got to do with how we relate to other people. But when we're talking about self-awareness, when we're talking about starting to see things about ourselves that may be hidden in plain sight, what we need to understand that sometimes the uninvited things are gifts, and they create the most incredible treasure. We have a choice. We either lean into it or we lean away from it. Uh, Someone said this, the wholehearted journey is not the path of least resistance. The wholehearted journey is not the path of least resistance. If you want to go on two slides, please. This is a map. It's a a very ancient map. And some of you will know this, that on some maps, what they used to do was where they'd never... I don't know if you can see it on there. uh, Where they'd never explored before. They used to to put pictures of monsters. And like, wow, weird things. And they even sometimes wrote, here there be dragons. Where they'd never been before. Where they'd never explored. They used to draw pictures of monsters. And sometimes we can have that approach. It's a bit like what Andy was saying about that that, uh, Enneagram day. Like the things that we don't know about ourselves, we can create like, oh, I don't want to go there. That's scary. There's dragons there. There's monsters there. It's always easier to not explore. It's always easier just to stay put. The uninvited. have The next slide, please. This is something that some of you, I am sure, are familiar with. Has anyone ever seen this before? Oh, yes, the Jahari window. There's a few people in the room. So the Jahari window is a really useful tool. But before I tell you that, some of you will have heard me tell this story before about me. Okay? When I was a, a kid at school, I was a head girl. Anyone surprised? No, um, so I was head girl, I used to. Um, I grew up in a village in Hampshire, I used to babysit for loads of the kids in the village, I was kind of quite, you know, I was captain of sports teams and all of that kind of stuff, and I was head girl, so I was kind of confident, I wasn't like a swell head, I wasn't like that, I volunteer youth worker in the church and all of that kind of stuff go off to university to train to be a teacher in a community and youth worker. And we do psychodrama. Has anyone ever done psychodrama? Yeah, it's fun. Not. Anyway, so the teacher, the tutor at university, she said to my group, to Judith in my class, you are the potter and everyone else is a lump of clay. (laughs) And so Judith's job was to um, mould us in a way that she saw us and so what Judith did was she molded there were about 12 13 of us in the group and she molded everyone in this like ball shape like this crouched low on the floor until she got to me I was the last person and instead of me being like that she made me stand in front of them what do you think I was thinking in my head interaction at church it's scary isn't it like so I'd been captain of things so it's like I it was oh, like oh, you know again anyway so and then so she makes me stand in front of them and then she makes me stand with my arms like this I think she thinks I'm Jesus I, I didn't think that um and then uh and then she made me have my mouth open so everyone else is lined up behind me and I'm like that And then she goes down the line and she's like, you're really kind, Guy, you're really funny, Rachel, you're really generous, John, you make all of us laugh, Trudy, like, she literally goes down all the line and then she gets to me. And in front of the whole group, she goes, Jill, you're a big mouth, you lord it over people, and quite frankly, I don't like you. Which is quite a lot to take when you're 19. Um. (laughs) I like your reaction because that was totally mine. (laughs) I was like, (gasps) and then I just burst out crying. I wanted to punch her in the head, if I'm honest. But instead, I ran. I ran away. I ran home. And for about three or four days, I was absolutely furious with Judith. How dare she? No one has ever said anything like that. That's not me. How could she? And then I woke up in the morning, and I was like, oh my goodness, what if there's just an ounce of truth, and I've never seen it? What if there's just an ounce of truth, and I've never seen it? Jahari window, there is stuff that is known to me and known to others, it's obvious, you can see it. There's stuff that I keep hidden, it's the hidden area of me you can't see it, I know it, I'm aware of it. And then there's what I sometimes call the Judith area. It's the part of me that I can't see, I'm blind to, but others can. And I have a great reluctance to see, the blind area. And then there's this this fourth quadrant, which is this like As you come to understand and explore and discover some of that blindness, you discover more of who you are. You enter into a spaciousness of who you are. I think it was Robert Frost who said this How many things have to happen to you until something occurs to you? How many things have to happen to you? Before something occurs to you in every one of Jesus's interactions, there was this invitation to awaken to who you are to awaken to who you are to become more aware, to become more aware. Let me just read this uh, passage out to you just get some light <laughs> um Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck of dust from your brother's eye. That's a hard thing to read. Tone is everything though, isn't it? Like I could shout that at someone. You can imagine Jesus like, why don't you remove the plank out of your own eye? Or... Hey, spend your time working on that plank that you've got in your own eye. And then get to that next bit. Tone is everything. Why? Because the invitation of Jesus is always to awaken us to who we are. Now, even me saying that, some of you in your heads have already gone to. So I'm really bad. I'm a failure. I'm falling short. Like that's where you've gone in your heads. But the invitation of Jesus is to awaken to who we really are. See, we have a scarcity mindset regarding ourselves. We see ourselves, it, it, it determines everything about what we do, about the way we look and feel, about ourselves and how we relate to others. We see ourselves in an ungenerous, ungracious way. We're judging, counting, weighing the whole time about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'll never match up. I'll never be as good as them. God's on my case, blah, blah. Like it literally is like that. Can we have the next slide, please? That's how it works out. And it's in our brain, so it's always on our mind. And what happens when we think like that Is we shut down, we push away, we deflect that invitation to awaken. And it also makes us blind to how we see others. The invitation of Jesus is always to awaken to who we truly are. And you are good. You are good. You are born good. You are enough. Every single one of you. And you are held in love. Self-awareness, becoming self-aware is simply waking up to that truth. Held in the one who is love. Love. Remember that Genesis story where it says, you know, after every bit of creation, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And then there's this, and it's a massive reaction to the other creation stories that were being written at the time where humans were seen as rubbish and an accident. And there's this this kind of poem that gets written, this story, which says... And you are very good. Next slide, please. Behold the one beholding you and smiling. Behold the one beholding you and smiling. The invitation of Jesus is always to awaken to who we've always been. And Enneagram days are just another one of those moments. Today is that moment. Every interaction we have with every other human being is that moment. But when we see ourselves in the judging, counting, weighing, ungracious way that we do, it blinds us to our own awakening and it blinds us to our kinship with one another and how we see others i think like i just talked about that genesis two moment where it's like and it was very good and then we get the tree incident don't we where adam man says it wasn't me it was her like and so that pattern starts to kick in it wasn't me it wasn't me The thing about those different accounts of creation, the the stories that are told in Genesis, is that they teach us. They teach us something about being human. And what they teach us is this, that when it comes to ourselves, we always prefer to deflect rather than reflect. We always prefer to deflect rather than reflect. So when Jesus says... Look at the plank in your own eye. What he's really saying is stop deflecting. <laughs> stop deflecting. Do your inner work, your attitudes, your actions, your motivations, your responses, your reactions. Because it's in these things that left unworked on start to be trip hazards for us. And they keep us at a distance from God, from one another, and from ourselves. Which is why Jesus said, love God and love others as yourselves. So we need to do the work of inviting light and love into our blind spots and our shadows. I, uh, uh, I may have told you before, but I went to an AA meeting. I don't know if any of you have ever been to an AA meeting. I don't... I, I mean, I probably drink one unit a week at tops, so I'm not an alcoholic, okay? But I went because it's brilliant to go. It's, it's incredible. Going to an AA meeting is like going to church, but better. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> and it's because of this degree of honesty that's in the room. There is, uh, you'll know, the 12 steps of, of the AA. Absolutely mind-blowing. And I uh, found this open meeting because there's some meetings that are closed. Some of you will know this. Some that are closed and some that are open. And I asked if I could go along to, to just... Uh, be there and to to experience that degree of honesty and not running away from things that that willingness to lean in to not deflect but to actually go into the work and the third step is this the invitation to people is to do a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves And that's not about seeing how bad people are. It's not about seeing how, oh. It's really an invitation. And I saw this and it was like being in the presence of grace. It was an invitation to do some shadow boxing. To do the work. To dig in. Why? Because when we do that, it's not like, how awful am I? It enables us to see ourselves as we truly are. Behold the one beholding you and smiling. Loved enough and good. And starting to remove those things that just get in the way of us being truly who we're created to be. It enables us to see ourselves and others in a more generous and spacious way. Behold the one beholding you and smiling. Richard Rohr says this, transformed people transform people. As we're going through this journey ourselves, we're moved from judging, counting, weighing, to generosity and curiosity. And in that moment, the people that are right in front of us, we are awakened to our kinship with them. Whoever they are, however they are, whatever they've done. Whatever it is they're working through, what we realize is our kinship, our belonging, family. Some of you will have heard uh, the, the um, word uh, tradition, in, uh, particularly in some kind of Indian cultures. Maybe if you do yoga, it might be an expression you use, uh, namaste. Namaste. But that's what it means. I greet the Holy One in you. I greet the Holy One in you. When we are transformed, when we truly see and are awakened to ourselves, we are awake to what we see in everybody we meet. The Holy One. God. Presence. Presence in everybody we encounter, a reflection of who God is. God is a community. There's a, a Greek word, um, some of you all know this, that is used to describe. It was used by the early church mothers and fathers to help people understand what God is like. They use this word perichoresis, perichoresis, which is basically circle and dance, circle and dance. And it's this idea of God as this self-giving community of love. If ever you've been to a, like to a Greek wedding or you've, um, you've seen like a video of that, that dancing that can happen at Greek weddings where basically you get caught up in a figure of eight, don't you? It's like you just, before the plate smashing starts, it's like this amazing whirling, whirling, and everybody gets pulled up into it. God is a community. We are bearers of that image. So when we see others, we are truly seeing ourselves and them as bearers of this, who God is. God is a self-giving relationship of love. As we are awakened, we are awakened to others. We re-remember And it takes work and it takes intention and it doesn't just happen and we have to choose to do it day in, day out. But it makes us more alive as we choose to re-remember. So when Jesus said, deal with the plank before the speck just focus on you. Do you first. Because as you do that, your heart will expand with this spacious love so that as you see others, you are caught up with them in the realization of kinship. In uh, um, Buddhist tradition, there's a, Uh, um, the the way that people relate to their teachers is completely different to how we have here in the Western mindset. So teachers are seen as people who have wisdom and so you have a curious relationship with the teacher and so you bow to your teacher. Can you imagine if we did that in our schools? Hello. Might not go down so well. Um, But there's something in there which is about when we experience, you know, Rob, you were saying, oh, that sounds like a fun day on the 5th of March. When we experience those little moments of tension where we're awakening to who we are. Instead of running. Instead of like, here there be dragons. Instead of there being monsters. It's like, what's there? What's there? What's there? What's the plank that's in my own eye that I haven't seen before? Because as that happens, I become more alive. And I can behold the one beholding me and smiling. And I can behold the one right in front of me as well. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are a spacious, generous, relentlessly loving God. You are love. Thank you that you pull us in and awaken us up to realizing who we are, both individually but corporately and as the whole of humanity kinship, belonging help us to hear and feel that being beheld by you held in your loving gaze and help us, God to hold others every single person we meet with that same loving gaze as well And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.